Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. This Major League Baseball episode covers every game scheduled to be played on Saturday, September 17th, 2022. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model for win probability using hitter and pitcher projections I've created in order to make one money line or run line pick on every game that's played seven days a week. That there are no Sunday shows. That doesn't mean that I recommend you do the same as my goal in this episode is to share key information about today's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. I never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick or ethic. Here are the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with me or against me before investing your hard-earned money. Let's go through my plays. Remember that there are no locks in gambling. So I want to give you our loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as I'd like to see it will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. I'm recording this on Friday night. Not all Friday games are done. Looking like an okay day. Not really too great. Not really too bad. Still a solid week. So hopefully we can finish that out strong. And there are a lot of games here on Saturday. So I want to get right to that. But before we get to those games, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And the only way to ensure you don't miss any of the college basketball and will be our college football content that this channel provides. Also, check out Horse Racing Today. If you like to bet on horses, you can find their stuff at horseracingtoday.net. They've got a team of five with over 125 years of combined experience in handicapping horse races. There's an angle they don't know or bias they can't identify. Their YouTube shows or website links are in the description. Also, as a reminder, you've started up that Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. Benefits include things like the play of the day, our Discord group, ad-free and early access to the shows, early access to projected spreads, and what I give you a little sneak peek of here on Friday, Cousin Jared's College Football Friday thoughts that we're posting on there as well. So a lot of fun benefits over there if you're looking for a little bit extra. If not, as always... Every pick on every game always provided to you here free. That's not going to change. We get a lot of games here on Saturday. Then get right to it. A pair of doubleheaders to start off with. The first one is the Twins at the Guardians. First pitch for this one will be 110 Eastern. Been 100% confirmed all these pitchers on some of these games, so there's not a lot of lines. I think we're missing about six games with the lines. This is one of them. It's projected to be Louis Verland versus Shane Bieber. Verland looked pretty solid in his first outing. Bieber, of course, a very good pitcher. Not too much to say about him other than the fact that that superb sub-3 ERA is about how good he is. Not quite in that, you know, Justin Verlander, uh, McClanahan, that type tier, but right behind that in that third tier of really good starting pitching. It should be a good ball game other than the fact that the Guardians just have a huge starting pitcher edge. The model says this is Guardians minus 186 with total of 7.6 it'll be in the low 80s for this one the wind will be blowing out at about 5 to 10 miles an hour so a little bit more runs than we would expect normally because a little bit warmer and a little bit of wind helping the balls here getting models as guardians minus 186 for this one if i could get a number in the 160s it would for sure be an a grade play for me on the guardians the other double header here 115 eastern reds at the cardinals little warmer here in St. Louis, low 80s to start, upper 80s to finish. And the winds will be blowing out to left field at over 10 miles an hour. So some extra help there for the bats. You have a fairly pitcher-friendly ballpark, but these conditions, you might see a few more runs. 
Uh, the model only says a total of 8.3, though. The model just doesn't really believe in the Reds' offense. The Reds' relievers are starting to trend a little bit better as the season goes along. They obviously were, you know, the laughing stock of baseball in that 3-22 and start or whatever it was that they had. The relievers continue to look decent. You know, not great, but closer to league average than I would have ever expected after that start. Two average to below average starting pitchers in Dakota Hudson and Mike Miner. Miner's at least had a couple of decent outings for the most part. He's pitched a little bit better, but but not good. It, it's just better than what it was when he started. When he started off, it was clear he was, he was rushed back too quickly, and the results were disastrous. And now he's gone from disastrous to merely bad. 578 ERA and the metrics say mid five. So, I mean, a below average pitcher, just not quite as bad at least as it was early on. So I guess that's an improvement. Um, and a guy who's done decent against bad offenses, of course, the Cardinals have a good offense. So you expect the Cardinals to put up some runs. It's good. Hudson, a 443 ERA. The underlying metrics say that's pretty accurate as well. Just an average pitcher for the Cardinals. Model says Cardinals minus 228. If I could get in the minus 180s for this one, that's probably um, an A-grade pick. But as is, uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow when the number comes out. Total, again, on this one says 8.3. And depending on how high the price is, maybe you look Cardinals run line. Cardinals haven't been a great run line team as of late, though, so it kind of just depends on what the number is for that one. 220 Eastern, first pitch, Rockies at the Cubs. Um, mid 80s for this low 80s to start mid 80s to finish ones be blowing out to left center a little over 10 miles an hour so this is the strongest most impactful winds we're going to have on saturday uh the winds matter more in wrigley than any other park and again blowing out pretty consistently over 10 miles an hour we're gonna see some gusts in the 15 mile an hour range this one's going to be one that probably has a lot of runs despite the fact that the rockies Offense is not very good on the road. This one lacked a total here for Friday's game when I recorded the episode, but I told y'all model set a total of eight. Saw totals of eight and a half. Even saw a few nines out there. So even though it was a day game, uh, the conditions weren't really um, favorable to the hitters. And sure enough, you saw a low scoring game. A little bit of the opposite case here on this Saturday afternoon. Model says total of 9.5. Uh, so again, we'll see what happens. They're going to wait until closer to first pitch before they hang a total to get a better feel for the weather. But just based off what I'm seeing right now, unless something changes overnight, uh, if you could get over nine, I'd do it. Um, I'm not sure that you'll be able to have that opportunity. Again, I would say the total at 9.5. I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but again, model says 9.5. And I tend to agree with Jose Urena. 581 ERA. It's a little bit inflated because of course, but he's he's still below average. Maybe not quite as bad as we thought he would be initially, but still a below average pitcher. Um, terrible bullpens. Again, on a warm day with the wind blowing out, you expect a lot of home runs in Wrigley. Um, Hayden Wisniewski for the Cubs, a prospect who's pitched in relief and done fairly well. Now he's getting a chance to start. Not really sure what we're going to get from him. Not really sure how much length he's been able to go five or so. So that's kind of what I'm expecting. I don't think he'll be able to go seven of course if he has really quick and efficient innings maybe he can um he's he's no marcus stroman but he he is a guy that that has some potential just a lot of variability with him though on this one i'm taking the cubs at minus 137 with a b grade pick this is one that i tweeted about talked to y'all gave y'all that free access here today on patreon to see the early lines uh model said 144 and i included a column in there that said if i could get better than minus 133 that was kind of a rough estimate for me to make this an a play it was minus 130 on the opener tweeted about this and said hey 
This is why those early lines can be really helpful because if you like those A plays, this was your shot right here at minus 130 to get the Cubs at an A grade play. Minus 137, it's lost some of the value, so it's only a B grade. So was an A grade when it first came out, and there's a lot of those that happen every single day that by the time I get to recording this, you know, later on, because I, can't, I can't, just can't commit to recording in the middle of the day, you know, or else I would, but I can't. And so by the time I have an opportunity to record this at night, the numbers have moved a little bit. And sometimes it creates more value on some picks, but a lot of times it doesn't. More times than not, the number's going to move. The direction the model does, this was another great example of that. If you're getting those early lines, you would have been able to have a great opportunity in the Cubs. Lost a little bit of value. Still like the Cubs. Still think the Cubs are worth an investment, but the extra almost 10 cents matters in the long run. And so I'd rather shift my unit somewhere else, uh, my heaviest play somewhere else. So I still like the Cubs, but that would be great at this price. A lot of variability with with Sineski, but I think going against Jose Urena and that very pitiful Rockies road offense, I think the Cubs can get it done for us again at home today. 305 Eastern first pitch, Orioles at the Blue Jays. Talking about teams not getting it done, that would be the Orioles. Looked great early on and then just kind of fell apart in the middle innings. Against, again, what I keep talking about is a very good Toronto team, just one that's continuously overpriced and one that is hard to back in the long run. Uh, still a very good team, just not one. It's just hard. It's hard to find value on the Blue Jays. Since another situation like that, it's Orioles or pass. If you want to pass, that's totally reasonable. Uh, but I'm going to be on the Orioles here. I'm going to try a run line again, just like I did on Friday. Didn't work Friday, but that's not really a great predictor of what will happen on Saturday. To me, the bottom line is these two pitchers are about the same in Kyle Bradish and Jose Barrios. Both of them get exactly 100 average grades from the model. Both of them have ERAs around five. Neither of them is that bad. Uh, but neither of them were that good. Both have shown signs in the last month or two of maybe putting it together and being a little bit better than that, but neither one's done it enough yet to say they're more than average. Two fairly competent and capable pitchers, though, if, you know, going up against decent offenses. Obviously, the Blue Jays' offense better than the Orioles' offense. Uh, Blue Jays should be favored. Again, model says, though, the price should be minus 135. And it said the price I'm seeing on the Blue Jays is minus 155. So it's just 20 cents overpriced. I'm going to try the Orioles on the run line. B grade pick. Odds too steep for an A grade. It's not the perfect scenario for it. But I think the Orioles can keep this game close. They got a chance to win if you want to take a flyer on Orioles plus 142, which is the current price I'm seeing right now. I think that's reasonable. Anything even better than plus 142, around plus 140. I think it's a reasonable play. I'm just going to play it a little safer and go with a run line. B grade pick. Total in this game is 8.5. Model says 8.7. It should be a nice day in Toronto. Low 70s if they open the roof or not. About the same. Not going to really affect things too much there temperature-wise for how many runs we expect to see. 14 Eastern first pitch. Marlins at the Nationals. Upper 70s to start, mid-70s to close. Wins will be blowing out. About five miles an hour, maybe a little bit more than that. Trevor Rogers versus Eric Fetty. Auto likes Rogers more than Fetty, even though both have five ERAs. The underlying metrics are a whole lot more favorable to Rogers. Talked about him. He's a guy that was really scary to back for a stretch there, but now he's he's kind of okay to back. He's solid. He's being priced at this point much more reasonable than the expectations they had coming into the season. Um, so I like Rogers more than I like Fetty. Um, I don't really like. Either offense, I don't really like either set of bullpens, but I still think the Marlins are a little bit overpriced here. The model says it should be Marlins minus 108. 
again, I think the Marlins have an edge with regards to the starting pitcher, but it's a small one. And on the road, I think they should be small favorites, but I just don't think they should be favored by the price like minus 120. I'll grab the Nationals at plus 110. It's a coin toss type game. Give me plus 110. I don't really care to go run light on this one. You can do that. Um, Marlins tend to play on low scoring games, but I'm just more focused on this is a coin toss type game. So give me plus odds. Uh, it's a B grade pick for the Nats. I think at home, they got a shot to get it done. And again, it's a type of play that in the long run, I think is a profitable for us. Total in this game is eight model says 7.7 under didn't work on Friday. because there were a couple of big innings, but otherwise you saw all those goose eggs put up is why I think under made a lot of sense on Friday. And I think under makes a lot of sense here on Saturday too. I think there's going to be a lot of goose eggs, not a lot of great pitching. You just have to avoid the crazy high crooked numbers that we couldn't quite avoid on Friday. But in general, I don't expect those to repeat with these two offenses. I think it's low scoring. I think the Nats got a chance to pull it off. That's why it's a B grade pick for me on the money line there. 14 Eastern first pitch, Royals at the Red Sox. Around 70 degrees to start, upper 60s to close. A perfect example of why I'm posting these totals here. This total was nine and a half. And I said, it seems like way too many runs for a, a, a Fenway Park that maybe isn't quite as hitter friendly as it used to be in the past. A chilly night. You know, wind's not helping anybody out. I didn't quite expect it to be as low scoring as it was, but the nine and a half was way too high. Kind of a similar story here. Model says 8.5. The actual total is nine. I'd be going under nine. And of course, you have that push protection. If it lands 4-4, you still got a shot to push. I wouldn't go under 8.5, but at nine, I'd still go under. It's a little bit of a scary play, just like it would have been on Friday, given some of the pitching concerns, some of the bullpen concerns. Um, and it's no different today. The difference, of course, Brady Singer uh, is a pretty good pitcher uh, for the Royals. A little bit of a concern with Rich Hill. You never know which Rich Hill you're going to get, but he is more likely to have success against a subpar Royals offense. Um, again, model though, like Singer a lot more than Hill. I don't think that's a, a controversial take. Um, 321 ERA in the season for Singer. That's pretty accurate. 456 ERA on the year for Hill. He's probably not been quite that bad, but again, Singer a much better pitcher. Red Sox relievers, very mediocre, but better than the Royals relievers. We saw that play out on Friday and Red Sox offense better. The Red Sox should be favored, but again, I think they're a little overpriced here. Model says 137. So these prices in the 150s are just too much for the Red Sox. I'll be on the Royals. You can take a chance on the money line. Money line price around plus 140 isn't a bad look, especially if you're getting more than plus 140. But I'm going to go run line here. The model thinks I'm going to be lower scoring than the odds makers do, which means that the translation to the run line, that we're actually getting a little bit more value there than they're translating because of the fact that the model says it should be lower scoring, which means it's more likely to be a one-run game. So we're getting an extra little probability boost there. Or... All that aside, if that's too complicated, you can just kind of say it seems like it should be a close game just like it was on Friday, and I don't know if the Royals can pull it off, but I think they can hang in there, so I'm going to grab the run line here. Minus 145 is not that steep of a price to be a great pick for me on the Royals. Love backing Brady Singer. Um, pretty solid pitcher. Again, not an ace on a lot of teams, but a very good pitcher and obviously an ace for the subpar Royals squad. Rangers at the Rays, we go in at 6-10. John Gray versus Ryan Yarbrough is what is being projected. It's not confirmed for Tampa. And so, obviously, if this changes, I'll update Twitter and the sheet, uh, and I'll make a pick once we have some more information. Gray is an above-average pitcher, 379 a year on the season. Underlying metrics say mid to low threes. A guy I'm very comfortable backing. Yarbrough 
has been just up and down all over the place. A lot of variance with him. Sometimes he looks fantastic, and other times he looks clueless for the season, a 438 ERA. And on the whole, that's probably right. But he's really a guy that every time I watch him, it seems like it's all or nothing. He's either rocking and rolling or he's struggling to make it through four innings. So you never really know what you're going to get with a guy like that, assuming he is the one to go. Ray's offense is better. Ray's relievers are better. They couldn't quite get it done Friday night model says they should be short favorites at home here on Saturday to the price of minus 116. That seems about right. The Rangers do have an edge with the starting pitcher, but they're on the road and the Rays have an edge with the bats and the relievers. So I think the Rays should be favored, but that big starting pitcher edge that the Rangers have in this game means the Rays should be small favorites. And that's what a price like minus 116 says. So I think the model is pretty spot on with this one. This is a situation where if um, I can get a price like maybe minus 105 on the raise, that's an A grade. I would love that. If I could get a price like uh, plus 125 on the Rangers, that would be an A grade. I'd love something like that. So uh, some being close to even money here, there's some good plays, depending, especially if you shop around, you have a good opportunity to get a good investment on this one on either side. I think there's value to be had. just depends on where the number comes out. We'll determine which side we're going to be on. Total in this one, 6.9. I don't know if you'll be able to get it, but if you can get it under 7.5, that would make a lot of sense. And probably true with no matter what Tampa does if they don't go with Yarborough, unless they go with Patino. He'd be the only one that I could think of that I would say I would not go under 7.5 on. White Sox and Tigers, 610 Eastern. Low 80s to start, mid-70s to close. Winds will be blowing in at almost 10 miles an hour on this one. It's going to be a low-scoring contest. Model says 6.9 for the total. Total is actually 7.5. It's definitely an underplay in this one. We got this game as the free parlay of the day, and I don't know if it'll be that uh, again on tomorrow, but I can see going back to the well again on this one. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, which means the probability that the Tigers uh, either you know, win or lose by one run is increased, which means even though those same game parlays have some really terrible odds and in general aren't smart plays, in a situation like that, with that correlation, we're actually getting getting a mathematical boost to that probability of winning. And I can see the same sort of thing playing out here. I think it's another low-scoring game. I, I nailed the handicap on this one on Friday night, and I think it's the same sort of game here on Saturday. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez today, Matt Manning on Friday, both very similar, both average pitchers. Uh, not great, but not bad, and can have some success against a very average White Sox offense, especially with the wind blowing in. Uh, Johnny Cueto for the White Sox, kind of like Giolito, just an average pitcher. Now, again, we talked about a lot on Cueto, so if you've been watching me for any time, you know what I think about him. He's having a great season, He's but he's an average pitcher. Underlying metrics say that 309 ERA is not for real, so Two average pitchers, but again, an average White Sox offense, a below average Tigers offense, um, above average relievers, wind blowing in should be a low scoring game. The model is adjusting the White Sox for the fact that they hit lefties better and still says that the White Sox should only be a favor, favored by the price of minus 134. So it's Tigers or pass. Tigers were able to pull out the win on Friday. Don't know if they can do the same thing on Saturday, but I have faith that they can do the same sort of game, which is a tight, low-scoring contest, and then who the heck knows what will happen. I'll take the Tigers on the run line at minus 135. It's a B-grade pick for me there, and again, I like the under 7.5 as well. 17 Eastern Short Time Pirates and the Mets, low 70s for this one. Winds will be blowing out almost at 10 miles an hour for most of this game. 
Total though seems pretty spot on. Total is eight. Model says 7.8. This should be all Mets. I mean, they only won by one on Friday. And we were on the Pirates on that one on the run line and got a, got a winner with the plus one and a half. Um, you know, we were able to stay in there with a decent Pirates pitcher on Friday night. Saturday, not the case. Bryce Wilson is not a guy I want any part of backing. 603 ERA. Now, the underlying metrics say he's not that bad, but he's still not very good. There's a reason why the model gives him a 111 rating. Chris Bassett's a pretty good pitcher. Did struggle his last time out, but an 86 grade. 344 ERA on the season, and the advanced metrics say that is pretty accurate. So a pitcher for the most part that I think we should be comfortable backing. Mets have a better offense. Mets have better relievers. Model says this should be Mets minus 313. The price I'm seeing right now is Mets minus 300. That would be a B-grade pick, but I just really don't want to lay those odds. So I'm going to shift to the run line and go minus 140 on that run line. Still a B-grade pick for me there. Odds not good enough for an A grade, but I do think the Mets are worthy of a backing. I think this one could get ugly because I think the uh, starting pitcher situation with the Pirates is not good. The Mets should be able to get four or five runs in the first four or five innings, be up 4-1, 5-1, something like that about the midway point, and then they're just coasting to a victory is the way this game should play out. As always, right, there's no locks in baseball. It's a weird game. There's always, every night, there's a surprising result, right? So, again, that's why we say we have to be responsible with our units. But this should be all Mets. And I'm going to lay the minus 140 on the run line because they should be able to handle the Pirates, given this pitching matchup, better on Saturday than they were able to on Friday. 7-10 Eastern game, two of the doubleheader between the Twins and the Guardians. It'll be upper 70s for this one. One's be blowing out at 5 to 10 miles an hour. For this game, Josh Winder versus Connor Pilkington, two below average pitchers. Uh, Winder has Winder. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Has the upper three ERA, but the underlying metrics say it should be in the upper fours. Um, so not very good. Pilkington, 430 ERA, but again, same thing. Underlying metrics say it should be in the upper four. So neither one of these pitchers I have a lot of faith in. I do have a lot of faith in both bullpens, though. So this is one that we're talking about game two really matters on how the relievers get used in game one. And I have to think, I have to think that the guardians have a huge advantage here because in game one, they're throwing Shane Bieber who has a really good chance of throwing seven innings, maybe even eight. And if he can give the guardians a lot of length and save those relievers so that they can be emptied out in game two, that's really edge guardians, especially if the twins are burning all their relievers in game one, or maybe the guardians are up big in game one and neither team has to burn the relievers and they all save them. So we just have to figure out who's being used reliever wise. Both teams have some pretty solid relievers. Um, so knowing how game one plays out really is going to affect how you see game two. Since it's a unique situation with regards to some of those relievers may not be in there. And that would shift what the model says too. If I were, able, if I go back and I take out some of those relievers and assume anybody who pitches game one is not pitching game two. And all of a sudden some of these reliever one of these teams relievers sets of relievers doesn't grade in the eighties now grades in the nineties or the hundreds. That's going to shift the projection on this by, you know, a nickel, a dime, maybe 15 cents, depending on exactly how extreme it is, right? Bullpens don't matter a ton, but they do matter, especially, especially in a game like this, where we're projecting both starting pitchers to not really go deep in the bullpens to be heavily involved. So how game one plays out really affects game two, especially because the strength of these bullpens for right now model says guardians minus 117 with a total of 8.7 model basically says the guardians are at home 
just give them home field and let's move on with life. And I think it's probably pretty accurate because right now we just don't know a whole lot more with how this game's going to play out until we obviously confirm starting pitchers, but also know the reliever situation from game one. And again, total of 8.7 hitter friendly environment. But again, that total would also be adjusted a lot based off of the reliever situation from game one. 17 Eastern start time Astros will host the athletics Cole Irvin versus Jose Urquidy. Both these pitchers have ERAs and the three seventies. Both of them have underlying metrics to say their ERA should be in the low fours. Both of them are slightly above average pitchers according to the model. Obviously beyond that, the Astros have advantages everywhere. The model says Astros minus 237 as of the time of locking picks that didn't offer value on either side. The Astros run line has been working for us. Jordan Alvarez is hotter than the sun at this point after what he did on Friday. So I'm going to grab the Astros in the run line, but at minus 125, it's only a C grade pick. It's not one that I'm really comfortable with. The model knows that the Astros should hit lefties better because they're fairly right-handed heavy uh, other than Alvarez and Tucker. But Irvin is a solid enough pitcher that laying the one and a half isn't the most, isn't the easiest thing to do. It's not a situation like the Mets game. And we did have to lay a little bit steeper of a price with the Mets, but going up against Bryce Wilson, that Mets offense, I'm not saying that they're going to score seven runs, but like they should score like seven runs off Bryce Wilson, right? I mean, he's not a very good pitcher. Cole Irvin, his ERA is a little bit deflated because of pitching in Oakland, but he's a solid pitcher and the Astros might score seven off of him, but nobody would be shocked if Irving goes seven innings and give up two runs. And in that situation, it's gonna be harder for the Astros to cover the one and a half. So not really a lot of value right now. See where the line moves. Maybe there's value presented later on, uh, but for right now, I'll stick with the Astros run line, but just not enough value to really like this pick. So I'm going to take the Astros to the run line with the C grade pick to diversify the portfolio and protect against randomness across all the other games. Uh, but it's not one that's going to be a heavy investment for me. Also, 710 Eastern Yankees and the Brewers. Uh, game two of this series, a wild one in game one. Uh, we'll see if they can live up to that in game two. A better pitcher for the Brewers than Brandon Woodruff. Adrian Hauser looking terrible. Uh, and, and that's what I talked about with, with Friday. Uh, you know, the Yankees offense should be able to hit him. Uh, I was just a little bit concerned about how depleted they are offensively, but Hauser said basically hold my beer and showed that it didn't matter that average offenses can still hit him. I don't think it's going to be the same way with Brandon Woodruff. I think we are going to see the Yankees lack of depth given all the injuries really play out. I think they're going to struggle to hit the ball off of Woodruff. Woodruff really is just a bear down for two hitters at this point. Uh, and the rest of the guys, I'm not going to say are easy outs because they're major leaguers, but they're a whole lot easier uh, than most teams middle, middle of the lineups. I think Woodruff's going to have a good day here. Tyon's a good pitcher in and of himself, and the Brewers' offense can really disappear. So it's not that I think the Brewers are runaways to win this game because Tyon can absolutely keep the Yankees in this game. I just think Woodruff's a better pitcher than Tyon by a decent amount. This Yankees' offense is so depleted that these offenses are probably about the same. They're very all or nothing. The Yankees are kind of all or nothing on Stanton and Judge. The Brewers are all or nothing on... It's not so much about individual hitters, about just guys just trying to hit home runs. And when it works, it works. And when it doesn't, it doesn't. Both the offenses are all or nothing. Both sets of relievers are solid. Brewers relievers a little better, though. Brewers at home, Woodruff a better pitcher. I mean, Brewers at minus 115 is a pretty good number here. And I tweeted about this 
uh, on Friday. Again, that early look at the model, you would have seen the model like the Brewers. And if that was the side you wanted to take, you could have grabbed minus 110, saved yourself a nickel. These things matter in the long run. But at minus 115, it's still an A-grade play for me on the Brewers. I think there's a lot of value here. Model says minus 132. Total in this game, 7.5. Actual total is 7.7, and it's another situation where it should be a nice night, and whether they open the roof or not shouldn't matter with regards to how the ball flies. 7.15 Eastern start time. Reds at the Cardinals game two of that doubleheader. I'm projecting Hunter Green versus Jose Quintana. Mid-80s to start around 80 degrees to close. When's we blowing out or across something to check in as we get closer to game time on this one? If it's more out, the projected total would go up. If it's more across, um, it would go down. Right now that the model says 7.4 for the total on this one, two decent pitchers. Hunter Green gets an average rating. Jose Catana gets an above average rating. Green, again, not as bad as that 526 ERA. The underlying metrics say it should be in the mid fours. Obviously, Katana's been a guy I've talked about a lot this season. Having a really good year, 334 ERA is not smoke and mirrors. He's having a solid season. Maybe not going to give you quite the length that you want, but he might. he's going to give you six solid innings. Um, and that's, I mean, that's pretty respectable, especially at this point in his career. Model says it should be Cardinals minus 216. So, again, we'll see if it's these pitchers in this matchup, if that offers any value. Again, kind of like in Gabe one, you know, anything in the minus 180s, for the Cardinals would be an A-grade play. Obviously, just to see what sort of value we can get once a line comes out. 7.20 Eastern start time. Phillies at the Braves. Phillies' A-grade run line pick on Friday was looking fantastic for us. They had a lead late, and then when they gave up the lead, they just decided, let's just give up 100 runs while we're at it. And that's baseball. <laughs> just one bad inning kills them. I'm back in the Phillies again today. I don't think Friday was a bad read. I think it played out just like we thought. Tight, low-scoring game. Phillies might win. They were up late. Okay, they gave it up. They're going to lose by a run, and then the wheels fell off. I see a similar setup here on Saturday, but the difference is with such a strong pitcher in Aaron Nola, I think their odds of pulling it off are good enough to just back them on the money line at minus 105. It's an A-grade play for me on the Phillies. Model says it should be Phillies minus 130. They should be solid road favorites. Again, this Phillies offense is pretty comparable to the Braves offense. The Phillies relievers are a notch behind. I talked about this on yesterday's episode. They're not as bad as that one game, right? If, if that was the case, then the Phillies relievers would have like a 27 year in the season, right? So don't, it, it, you can't just look at that one game and say, oh yeah, clearly the Braves relievers are better. Right? They are, but that one game isn't really a representation that the Braves relievers are a little better, but Nola is a lot better than Odorisi is, and I don't think that's breaking any news. I don't really have to dive into it, but I will say that Nola's underlying metrics say that he should have an ERA more in the upper twos than his 331, and the underlying metrics say that Odorisi's ERA should actually be in the mid fours and not in the low fours, so it's a huge, huge edge backing Aaron Nola here. Minus 105 is really cheap. It's an A-grade play for me. In a game that's totaled at eight, model says 7.8, wins be blowing slightly in. And I'll start off around 80 degrees and then close in the mid-70s. This is a game that I might look Braves team total under. Model says under, um, but I think maybe a team total is a little bit safer. It really reminds me, it's the opposite case, but it really reminds me of the Mariners-Angels game here on Friday night where I said, model likes over, I like over, but you may just go Mariners team total over 
And it turns out the Mariners team total overhits and the game overhits. So it doesn't really matter. And I think the same thing here. I like the under. Might like the Braves team total under a little bit more just because uh, I don't never, I never really know what I'm going to get from Odorisi. And if he pitches well, then you're loving having the full game under. But if he doesn't, it doesn't really matter how well Nola pitches because he could give up, you know, eight runs by himself. So I might like the Braves team total under a little bit more, but either way, I think under is probably the way to look at this one with the breeze blowing in and Nola and these two sets of relievers uh, being so good. 18 Eastern start time. Padres at the Diamondbacks. Joe Musgrove and Zach Gallon tweeted about this one, but had an early line that would have been an A grade on the Padres at the plus like 103-ish price that was out there. I said, I didn't really know if I'd back that one with an A grade. Uh, Musgrove versus Gallon is just not a matchup that I'm excited to be on Joe Musgrove. The model says we should be, and and I I, I hate, I don't mind disagreeing with the college football model when, when it's appropriate, when there's good justifications, when you say there's an injury, when you say the spot, when it's a look ahead, when it's they got beat up the last two weeks, when it's they played on Saturday, now they're playing on Thursday versus their opponent was rest. Right? There's all sorts of things to look at with college football, but with baseball, I mean, for the most part, being a player-based model, it kind of is what it is, right? The fear here is that the model is slow to react by definition because quick-to-react models do poorly. And I think that's a point that I want to indicate to y'all. I know we love our last four starts and last six starts and last two months, but I promise you, if I were to tell the model to focus in on things like that, the model performance would lose its shirt. It would misrepresent so many things. Now, that doesn't mean that those things aren't right on occasion, but on the whole, they are usually more misleading than helpful. So the model's built to be slow to react to changes because of the fact that that's what's going to work in the long run. Now... The caveat with that is Callan's been pitching really well and Musgrove hasn't looked great like he did in the first half in a while. And the model being slow to react, it might be missing a little something here because the model says Gallon's a little bit better than Musgrove, but I'm not sure that the gap isn't a little bit wider than the model thinks because the model's slow to react. And I think in general, that's the way to go. But in this case, I'm kind of looking at it going like, come on, buddy, let's get moving. Like Gallon's a little bit better than this. And Musgrove isn't the model gives Gallon an 83 rating. And if it were me, I would probably give him more like a 78 rather than 83. I'd put him kind of in that, um, you know, that Shane Bieber territory, right? That just behind Nola, right? That, that maybe not quite up to the Nolas and the Verlanders and those, but right behind that, you know? And Musgrove, he gives an 87 rating, but I'm like, the way he's pitched lately, I might make that more like a, a low 90s rating. Still above average. I still think Musgrove projects to be an above average pitcher, but the model just says these two are really close. I'm like, I don't, I don't know how close they are. So I'm a little bit nervous. It really, really, it makes me look at this and say it's one of the few areas where I'm going to, I'm going to trust the model direction, but I'm going to downgrade everything and say, I think you're missing it a little bit. Maybe not a lot, but a little, right? If you act like this is, you know, Cy Young versus Johnny Smith, right? That's misleading. That's not the case here. And the Padres offense is still a lot better than the Dimebacks offense. And yeah, I mean, Friday's game is an example of that. It's not proof necessarily, but it's just another example of like the Padres offense is a lot better than the Dimebacks offense. So there's a lot more to it than that. But 
I kind of just want more value backing Musgrove against Gallon because I'm afraid of what Gallon can do. He's been so good. So all that rambling to say, model says it should be Padres minus 107. Padres minus 103, according to the model, would actually be enough for a B grade. I'm giving it a C grade, downgrading it, because I need extra value to believe what's happening here with Musgrove because I think the model's missing by at least one, maybe two percentage points. Padres offense is better. Padres relievers are better. Gallon at home, though, is just a hard fade unless I'm getting really good odds. And I don't think this is great value. So I'll back the Padres. I'm going to listen to the model, but I'm going to only do it with a C grade. The Padres win, great. Again, it's a small unit to diversify the portfolio and every little winning helps, but it's not what I want to be too heavily invested in. Total on this one is seven models. is 7.9. If you're going to go over, maybe look team total, maybe have a play on that. Model just says go over seven doesn't really trust the Diamondbacks relievers. I think the Padres offense, as good as Gallon is, that the Padres offense can get to him. I'm not really sure. It's it's not one that I feel as confident on as some of the other ones, but just putting it out that the model likes the over seven on this one. 905 Eastern, start time Dodgers at the Giants. Another chilly one in San Francisco, upper 50s for this one. Once we're blowing out at about 10 miles an hour, but as I always say, a park that's built to minimize those wins. Julio Urias... Versus a bullpen game for the Giants. This, I just, I'm always scared when the Giants go bullpen game. They just, their relievers are so bad. I just don't know how they're going to get nine innings. And at least a Giants bullpen game on the road, maybe you only have to find eight and you can take them on the run line. They can lose by one. Uh, but here they're going to have to get nine innings against the Dodgers offense. That's really, really good. <sighs> that doesn't bode well. Uh, Julio Urias continues to pitch superbly, continues to outperform his underlying metrics. I don't think that continues, but I have to acknowledge he's done it so far. So whatever that's worth, 230 ERA on the season. Again, the underlying metrics say it should be a full run and a half higher. That's why it only gets an 88 grade. The results have been great, but he's got just an insanely low batting average on balls in play. And we know that's not a skill that pitchers have. There's lots of research out there. If you don't trust that, just Google it. There's tons of articles about it. Go look at Greg Maddox. Go look at Randy Johnson. Go look at Nolan Ryan. Go look at their batting average on balls and play year by year, and it bounces all over the place. And these guys didn't have skill that bounce all over the place. But they'll have you know, 221 year and 310 the next year. And it just goes to show it's, just, it's random. His has been fantastic this year. When that comes back to earth, he's going to give up some runs. Is it going to be against the Giants? Eh, Giants offense isn't that great. It's okay, but it also is pretty left-handed heavy. So it's still advantage Urias. Urias is still a good pitcher. He's a good pitcher that's been getting lucky, but he's still a good pitcher. Uh, this should be all Dodgers. Model says Dodgers minus 226. It's just all about the price, but the Dodgers should be heavy favorites in this game. So again, when we get a number out on this one, I will make a play on Twitter and the sheet. And then closing us out, 907 Eastern start time. Mariners at the Angels, mid-70s to start around 70 degrees to close. Winds be blowing out 5 to 10 miles an hour. George Kirby versus Shohei Otani. Model says to go over again. I'm not sure I would go over on this one, though. This is one where I would maybe tap the brakes. Total's actually 7. Model saying go over simply because runs happen in baseball games. But with these two pitchers, there might not be that many runs. I expect it to be a pretty low-scoring game. So again, I would probably tap the brakes on the over. I, I wouldn't play the under is what I'm saying, but I'm not sure I'd be jumping to play the over either. Um, again, two really good pitchers, two pitchers with the ERAs below three, and the underlying metrics for both of these pitchers say those ERAs are very representative. That is how good they are 
Relievers for the Angels, obviously a problem. But otherwise, Mariners relievers are really good. Angels offense is okay. Mariners offense is good. It should be a good contest. Model says Mariners minus 109. I'll grab the Mariners minus 106. It's just enough value for a B-grade play. I think it's worth an investment as long as it's a 10-something. If it's plus odds, A-grade play. Maybe even in the maybe minus 101, even money maybe. But especially plus odds in the Mariners should be an A-grade play here. We faded the Tawny a lot this year, and it's worked out pretty well uh, for us when we have. Um, I think the Mariners should decide here on the road. I think that Kirby is good enough to keep the Angels' bats from getting going too much, and it's probably a tight, low-scoring contest, a little bit unlike Friday night here, a tight, low-scoring contest late. That favors the Mariners with the edge that they have with regards to the relievers. So again, a short price like this is worth a play on the Mariners, in my opinion, at minus 106. It is a B great play for me 17 games again missing six of them right now so check twitter check the sheet i'll update all of that for you later on but as of now the list of a grade plays is brewers minus 115 at home against the yankees and phillies minus 105 at the braves two money lines and again a lot more to come so maybe some more a grade plays once we get more information otherwise that's all i've got for you today thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check out the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll see y'all again Monday for more MLB picks. Check Twitter and the Google Sheet for the Sunday picks. Just no show. Best of luck this weekend. And as always, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.